Hi, and welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we speak radical grace, raw truth, and real hope in a gray world. I'm your host, Denise Pass, with my co-host, Micah Maddox. Hard to believe we are here in August already, isn't it, Micah? It is. It's so crazy. The summer has just flown right by. And I know this month it's busy for me because my kids are going back to school. But for you, Mm. Denise, it's super busy and it's exciting. Yes, it is busy. The book launch for Shame Off You is underway with lots of promotional items we have been designing and interviews to prepare for as we get the message of healing from shame that Shame Off You offers. And this month on the podcast, we're going to highlight some of the core truths that Shame Off You uncover. Yes, I can't wait to discuss all of this, Denise. You know, I've been reading your book, and it's really opened my eyes even more to how much shame impacts everyone. Mm. You know, you don't have to have a crazy testimony to have encountered shame. It paralyzes each one of us at a different time in our lives, right? Yes, it does. So I'll tell you, I, I got plenty of embarrassing, traumatic <laughs> moments in my life. Yeah, I do too. I do too. <laughs> All those things that, you know, I never wanted to talk about. Guys, I talk about in my book, okay? Those moments when it's like, I'm so embarrassed. I hope no one ever discovers this about me. Well, I went ahead and just and shared it because you know what? I have been set free. And shame is not just isolated, though, to traumatic events. You know, I thought the massive shame my children and I felt as we navigated an intense hardship was what robbed me of joy, but it was shame in all of life. That also held me back from living the abundant life Christ promises. Shame is interwoven throughout our culture, which is what I want to discuss today. Specifically, the shame people cast on one another subtly or not so subtly (laughs) in our homes, churches, and places of work everywhere. Yeah, I love how direct you are and how clear you are. You know, it's hard sometimes to share about these situations in our life. It's just not something we want to normally Mm -hmm. discuss or talk about. But I love how you lay it out because you give us really the freedom to lay out our own situations of Mm. shame. And it's it's really powerful. Today's verse really sets up our discussion. And it's from Psalm 69, verse 19. You see my shame and disgrace. You know all my enemies and what they have said. Insults have broken my heart and left me weak. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. I found no one to comfort me. Mm. Wow. This verse is actually such a comfort to me because our God sees us. Right smack dab in the middle of being shamed by others. When insults break our hearts and people trash our name, our God comforts us. Can't you identify with the psalmist here, Micah? I sure do. You know, what What does shame look like in your life? Or what does the comfort of shame look like? Because that sounds like it doesn't make sense, right? So you're saying the verse comforts you, but to me, the verse reveals that I'm dealing with something that's really difficult here. I'm dealing with the shame. How, do, how does dealing with it comfort you? Well, you know, the psalmist is exposing what I call the culture of shame. We've all felt this invisible culture, right? I mean, you know, when you enter a room and you can just feel the shaming sometimes. But it is basically influence that people exert on others and drama that is created as people shame others in an attempt to elevate themselves or control them. I I think of it as the strivings of man that seek to belittle others in all aspects of our lives from 
finances and the expectation of what that should look like, to appearances that are compared to others, even judgment for what we do or how we do it, to the battle of personalities as some are celebrated while others are rejected. The shame culture is ultimately, though, condemnation rooted in comparison and the fear of man. So I think for me, there's victory in that place of shame because what we just read in that scripture is the very real truth that our God sees. It's not going to go unseen by him and he will comfort us. And to be comforted by the God of this universe is absolutely amazing. So. You're, you're exactly right. That's awesome. So who would want to live in this culture, right? <laughs> and where does this culture of shame come from then? Like, do, do we create it? You know, is it from our past? Is it, hmm. how does it come about? I know, right? Like who says, hey, I would love to live in the shame culture. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, sign me up. <laughs> but if we could see the culture for what it is, the strivings and jealousies of man, who would want to encourage it? But it's the insecurities of man that play well into this culture. We are also aware of our shortcomings. It is in this fertile ground that we know there is truth sometimes and what others might say about us that might not be so uplifting. We feel the condemnation in our souls when we make mistakes. And the enemy of our souls is sure to remind us of that too. He sure is. So how do we get out of this culture of shame, it traps us sometimes. I, I, I think you're right. I think it really does trap us. I think the first thing is we need to recognize it. In my book, I discuss the cycle of shame as well as the root and route of shame, where readers can more readily detect this culture of shame because we're often blind to it and to our participation in it. You see, when Susie, and by the way, it's not a real Susie, I'm just saying a name, <laughs> is slamming me behind the back, and then I find out about it, I have a choice in that moment. I don't have to defend myself or participate. I can recognize it as shame operating and choose not to give it credence. Well, this is hard for me because I I want to respond to it, right? (laughs) I want to let her know that that's not true or that I have a reason for the way that things are going, right? So how do we choose a different route? What does that look like? Well, and I could picture you responding, Micah, because I'm picturing a Z formation. You know, they do snap. That's right. That's right. You got it. (laughs) Shame on me. No, I, I think one of the key things I sought to do in Shame Off You is to equip people to not just recognize, but to have a battle plan. Mm. You know, for how they'll approach incidences of shame or worse, a habitual culture of shame they might live in. The biblical approach the Lord gave me in Shame Off You came from Proverbs 11, verse 2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace or shame. But with humility comes wisdom. You know, this reminds me of the verse that even... A fool mm-hmm. is counted wise when he doesn't open his mouth. Right. And I'm like, man, so often our mouths bring shame because yes. we just speak what we think. But if we could just learn to to shut our mouths mm-hmm. and not be the one that responds. I want to respond, but I've got to harness yes. <laughs> my mouth, right? And learn to keep my mouth shut. Because even if I'm a fool, it could be counted wise. Amen. And why do we want to respond? I think a lot of times it's because we're believing the lie they're saying, or we want to, oh, like somehow if we don't stamp out what they said, it's going to label us, right? Mm -hmm. But ultimately, pride is at the root of all shame. We care what others think about us. 
So much so that it can become idolatry and we can become absorbed in their opinion of us. But, I love that word, but. I use it a lot, evidently. (laughs) But when we know that we have weaknesses, we can choose to boast in them like Paul did and know that any strength we have is ultimately Christ, not us. Mm. We don't have to defend ourselves against people's assessment of us because they could never define us. Yeah. And we're not supposed to answer to them. We're supposed to answer to God. It's so good. It's so good. So how do we practically walk this out? I know you share in your book, you know, how do we practically take the steps forward? What does it look like? Right. So initially it starts in our minds, right? We have to take captive thoughts that run through our minds and examine them. We want to inform our minds with God's truth rather than our minds or other people informing us. Shame is a head game, and we often do it to ourselves. Mm. Secondly, we need to own the shame, admit its presence, whether it is legitimate or not. So examining shame rather than denying it or being put off by it or trying to hide it, make excuses for it, or worse, shaming others who are shaming us. You know, the cycle (laughs) just keeps going. It just perpetuates the shame culture. So we have that the mind, we have that we need to own it. And then we need to ask God to help us discern between condemnation and conviction. Mm. When we are condemned, that is the core definition of shaming. God's word says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. None. So we know we were not meant to remain in shame. The Holy Spirit convicts us, though, when we have shame in our lives that we need to own up to. Ultimately, a culture of shame is stopped when we handle shame biblically. I utilize a three-pronged biblical approach that lends to examine shame through the lenses of truth, humility, and grace. Through truth, we ask God to reveal if there's any truth in the accusation of shame knocking on the door of our minds. Look, there probably is some truth. <laughs> there's, there's a grain of truth. It's okay. We were never meant to be enough. Christ is our sufficiency. Through humility, we recognize that we are capable of shameful deeds. We understand that there's nothing good in us except Christ alone. This is freeing. This is liberty. Mm -hmm. Through truth and humility, we ask for and receive the grace of God for what we need to learn from shame and gain the ability to filter out and let go of what we don't need. Amen. A culture of shame is stopped when we let go of pride and choose humility. We're not put off by shame, but examine it to see if there's any truth we need to apply to our lives. When we seek to please God rather than man, we really start to overcome shame. Wow. Denise, this is this is life-changing. It's life-transforming. If you're listening and you aren't convinced that you need this book yet, <laughs> I think that last little bit of information and instruction if we could just take that mm. to heart, mm. how free we could live because, man, only God defines us. The, yes. That condemnation piece really gets gets my heart because so often I allow condemnation to pretend like it's conviction mm. and I just get mixed up pursuing the wrong goals and trying to please the wrong people when ultimately God is the only one I need to answer to. Amen. Well, we have an accuser hmm. of the brethren right? who's very active. And, and even our own, my natural disposition is timidity and to accuse self. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just my natural flesh. You know, mm-hmm. it's not good. It doesn't right. mean I'm humble. That's not humility. <laughs> right. 
uh, it's false humility. But that is kind of how I think we can be wired, but the enemy kind of helps compound that. Uh, and then other people <laughs> will pitch in too. Right. But you know, I used to be so worried about what people would say. And not that I don't still struggle with this from time to time, mm-hmm. or wonder why people do not like me, you know. It's such a trap. Mm-hmm. And now when others talk about me or reject me, I actually have compassion on them. They are trapped. Mm. Trapped in comparison and bitter envy. That is not a fun place to be. And then I realize it's not about me after all. You see, I no longer live. If I really believe that I have died, my life is hidden in Christ, Christ lives in me, so who are they talking about after all? Mm, this is so beautiful. I love what you said. You know, it's not me that's trapped. They are trapped. Mm-hmm. When we see it that way, when we change our thinking, all of a sudden we're free in a whole new level. A, yes. whole, a whole new life we can live. Well, when we go against the flesh and we just love someone who is shaming us, <laughs> I, I love doing that actually now. I mean, it, I kind of smile inside because I think I know like they may hate me. <laughs> and I don't know why, because really it's a spiritual dynamic. Yeah. It's not flesh, but we keep getting trapped in this flesh. But you know, praise God for bringing a culture of forgiveness and honor and restoring us that we can be a part of restoring people, help get them out of that trap they're in, you know? And I try to be kind to people who are, you know, just not fans and they're trying to oppress and limit. They don't realize they're being used by the enemy. Definitely. Definitely. You know, it's pretty amazing. This book, Shame Off You, when you first take the first glance at it, you think it's all about me, right? And right. it's all about transforming my life. And it is. It is about the reader. But it's also about the re- empowering the reader to help mm-hmm. others live a shame-free life. So yes. it's transformational, not just for yourself, but for all of those that we come into our that come into our influence. Yes, you know, for, skip the passive aggressive shame culture. <laughs> I'm saying it's not fun. Right. But when we are set free to be mm. all we're supposed to be, we're on mission for Christ and we're not distracted with the mess and this person hurling guilt trips or manipulation my way. I when we are healthy, mm-hmm. you know, we can really start to develop that culture, the shame off you culture. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, we're going to finish up today. Denise, do you have any closing thoughts as we finish up the podcast today? You know, yes. Uh, a few reminders of what a culture of shame looks like so we can avoid it. Mm-hmm. In the culture of shame, people believe the worst in one another. Mm. They talk behind one another's backs. Rumors are spread. Lies are believed. Characteristics of a shame culture might include... Shunning of others, forming cliques, rejection rather than acceptance. In a culture of shame, people don't stop to think why they don't like others Mm. who were also created in the image of God and loved dearly by Him. This culture of shame is formed in a place of people's insecurity. We are all lacking and needful of grace, and yet we can ridicule others and refuse the grace they need as well. That is is the shame culture. It can be difficult if you live in this small-minded culture of shame. Hard to rise above it, but it's not impossible. Next time, we will continue this discussion and talk about additional strategies as to how to overcome shame's condemnation in a culture of shame. So Denise, I know you have some amazing opportunities for people to hear this message and it's live. Like they can come and hear you share live about your book. So tell us a little bit about that. 
Yes. So I have a couple of conferences coming up in August. Uh, there's Shame Off You in Locust Grove on August 18th and Unstuck from Shame on August 25th at my church. And links to these conferences will be on our podcast website. And this month during the book launch, if people pre-buy Shame Off You, there are four free downloads they'll receive. I put together a scripture reference guide, which covers 40 common areas of shame and scriptures revealing the root, fruit, and cure of each shame as well as a journal, a poster, and the first three chapters of Shame Off You so they can get started reading while they wait for the book to come. That's awesome. So if you haven't yet, make sure you scroll down and you can pre-buy. And then also check out the two conferences and the links will be at the bottom also. So Denise, when is the book being released? August 21st. We need to have a party. Yay, (laughs) definitely. For sure. And I will be there to celebrate with you at the conference on the 25th. I'm so excited. That will be great. Can I clap? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I have issues, people. Uh, I clap and talk, so this has been hard for podcasting. Lots of editing when Denise claps needed. But I know that God is going to use this book, and he's going to continue to use you in just profound ways, Denise. I'm just so excited. I pray that he will and that people will. Will be set free. I know he has set me free. That's awesome. Me too. So shame off you. Amen. <laughs> we are so glad that you're listening today. The raw truth is that shame is present in all of our lives, but God's word is a ready defense against any and all shame. The radical grace is that even when the shame fits, we don't have to wear it. And the real hope is that God sets us free from shame and removes its condemnation. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.